Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Beginning here on Heavenward Thinking. Today we're in Genesis chapter 27, carrying on our story of Isaac and his sons Jacob and Esau. We're going to see the family drama that I mentioned the past couple weeks, see how conflict is going to come into the family in this chapter. So I'm going to read it and we'll get right into today's topic. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat, so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat, so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father, just the way he likes it. And take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food, just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goatskins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the son, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac had finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to his father, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, bless me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright, and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? 
Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you and have made him all his relatives and his servants, and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's riches, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. When Rebekah was told what her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban and Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life will not be worth living. So in this chapter, we really start to get into the family drama of Isaac and Rebekah and their children, Jacob and Esau. And we see, once again, the consequences of sin and deception. And we see the habitual sin that this family had. It passed from father to son. We had Abraham who had the problem with lying. Then we talked about Isaac. He had the same problem with lying to the same guy. And then here we see that Isaac gets payback for what he did to Abimelech when he lied about his wife being his sister, which was not true. And uh, he's paid back for that multiple times over in this chapter when he is deceived by his own children. And it creates a whole bunch of problems in this family, so much that the family has to split apart for many years. And we don't see the re reconciliation of this family for many years in many chapters in scripture. So that's important to keep in the back of our minds. But as we look at this and we see the beginning of this, we see that Isaac thought he was getting older and ready to die, uh, even though he doesn't yet in this. And it will see later on that it was later than probably he expected. He still wanted to bless his son and he wanted to give his oldest son, Esau, the blessing. Now, Esau, we know from previous chapters, we, we saw that he lost the birthright uh, in that special significance, that place of honor, because he sold it to his brother Jacob for some stew when he wasn't thinking. And we talked about how we need to make sure as Christians we stop, we think, we pray about things, we consider things deeply and don't just react to things and don't just uh, be deceived ourselves by the immediate wants, the gratification of the flesh or any temporary things that we think we need and, and we forego actual needs for those temporary things we want. And we talked about that. And we, we see how in this chapter, he not only loses his birthright, he also loses the blessing. And that isn't because he tried to get rid of it. He was actually trying to do the right thing and go out and hunt the game and prepare it for his father and get the blessing that way. But we see that Jacob and Rebecca had this little scheme. Rebecca and Isaac, we talked about before, they had their favorites. Rebecca liked Jacob better and Esau was favored by Isaac and, and that created problems. And here we see it really come to a consummation here. We, we, we see a huge problem presented in favoritism. And we, we talked about the warning of that. And we really need to see this and be warned by it in this chapter. Favoritism, when we treat certain people one way and treat others a different way, it creates lots of problems and it creates envy and all these different things. And, and we see how that plays out in these brothers. And we, we see the, the terrible things it does to them. So we see that, that Rebecca tells her son to do this act of deception towards Isaac, which again, problems there. Why was she trying to deceive her own husband? But whatever the reason was, she decided she wanted her son to get the blessing. So Jacob decided 
to obey his mother, a little reluctant at first. He was wondering what would happen if his father touched him because he was not hairy like his brother Esau. So he didn't want to receive a curse instead of a blessing. But his mother came up with an elaborate disguise, an elaborate deception to help him in this act of deception to trick Isaac. And we see that it worked. He at first was a little hesitant. Is it really Esau? And he, and he thought it was Jacob maybe, but then he gives in and he, he decides that it must be Esau because of the hair, because of the trick that his wife and his son had played on him. So he goes into a great uh, a great blessing and it, it's all these great things of how God's going to bless Esau, even though it's actually Jacob. And he's going to bless all, all these different aspects of what turns out to be Jacob's life, not Esau's. And he's going to get... Everything as if he was the older son. And we talked about that before. Losing the birthright, now losing the blessing. All these things would have been given by nature to Esau and not to Jacob. But because of Esau's choices and because of the favoritism roles of the parents and because of the deception that Jacob chooses to inherit from his father, he chooses to follow that sin rather than take a warning from it. He causes this. And, and, and this is where we see things shift over from what would have been Esau's to Jacob. And we see that God is sovereign, though. We, we already know how the end of the story goes. We already know how it's used throughout the Old Testament and ultimately comes to fulfillment through Jesus Christ, the line of Christ and, and the whole Jewish race came through Jacob and not through Esau. And we, we see that God was able to, in a sovereign plan, already have a plan for this. It wasn't something that caught, caught God off guard. Oh no, the family didn't do the right thing. Now I have to work with this son. No, God already had a plan. He had a purpose for Jacob. He had a different purpose for Esau. And he allowed things to happen so that it would line up with his plan. And it's the same in our lives. When we do dumb things, when we sin, when we make mistakes, when we go off track, God already knows what we're going to do. It doesn't give us an excuse. We have to take ownership and responsibility for our sin. But God's not caught unaware by it. He already has a plan. He already has a plan to overcome the things you and I do that get in the way, that would get in the way. But God already knows how to handle that. He already has a plan for it. He knows what we're going to do minute by minute. So nothing is going to catch him off guard. Thank goodness for that, because we see how complicated it would be in this story and in our own lives if that wasn't the case. But God knew what he was doing. He knew what these brothers were going to do and how this family's drama was going to play out. And he had a hand in this story and to bring about reconciliation. You can see the amazing things God's going to do in the lives of Jacob and Esau to bring this family back together. So we can't lose sight of that, so the sovereign plan of God in this story, even though it may seem like the story is going off the rails already. And we're going to see constantly it goes off the rails with this family, really finding a lot of fulfillment in Joseph, actually, in, in the children of Jacob. So we'll get to that later. But in this chapter, we see the conflict between the brothers. We see that after Jacob deceives his father, his brother Esau comes in and is like, uh, I'm ready. Here's Here I am. I'm ready for the blessing. And his father, all of a sudden, a light bulb goes on in his head and says, oh, no, I was right to question if that really was Esau. And Esau, of course, is upset and, and very mad at his brother, and he, he wants his father to bless him. And he says, I mean, he said at least twice in here, bless me, bless me, where's my blessing? Haven't you reserved it? Where's my blessing? Shouldn't you have something for me? And his, his father basically says, yeah, I already did all that. You, uh, There's nothing for you. Uh, you're going to end up being a servant. That's not a very great blessing if you're expecting to be the one who people are serving, and all of a sudden you find out, oh, you're going to be the slave and the servant, and, and you're not going to get the place of honor. So we see already there's going to be some conflict. And right away, we get his reaction. He wanted to kill his brother. 
Again, this is a little reminiscent to the uh, Cain and Abel story, if you will, when when Cain was mad about Abel getting the blessing from God, getting the, the favor of God. Uh, he wanted to kill his brother. So we, we see the, the human reaction to one person getting something, whether or not it was a good way they got it or not. As in the case of Abel, it was he was doing right things. In the case of Jacob, he was doing deception. But at the same time, they both benefited from it. And the brothers acted the same way. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him and get him out of the way. They wanted to take it back. And we have that same response. When someone gets something that we think we should have or that we think we deserve or maybe we actually do deserve, we want to kill him. And not necessarily physically. Sometimes physically. We see that in our world today. But a lot of time we do it mentally. We do it emotionally. We do it spiritually. We do all kinds of things. We hold grudges against people forever. We treat them poorly. We immediately want to react when we think someone is getting something that we deserve. We immediately hate them, think bad things about them, talk badly about them, and gossip. We do all these things. And that, that that's where Esau is in this story. His heart wasn't in the right way. He had the opportunity to be the godly man, be the bigger person, to be the uh, Christian, if you will, even though this was way before Christians uh, existed. He had the opportunity to be the godly man, just like we do when people mistreat us, when people deceive us, when people use a deception and do all kinds of things against us. We have the opportunity to be the bigger person, to be the Christian and treat them well, even though they treated us poorly. Yet we see that Esau did not do that. So both both boys are doing the wrong things here. And we see that it creates a, a great problem in the end of the chapter. Rebecca sends her son away. She is going to send Jacob away so that Esau doesn't kill him. And then she's going to have no family left here. Their, their whole family would be splintered by this act if Esau had committed murder here and if Jacob hadn't ran away. So she sends him away. And we're going to see that God is going to use that action to bring about his plan for Jacob. He's going to have Jacob be sent away so that God can get a hold of his heart and start to turn him. And eventually we're going to see he becomes, instead of a deceptive man, he is going to become a man of integrity. And yet he's going to have to be deceived himself to really get it to click. God's going to teach him lessons through experiencing what he did to his brother when he ends up experiencing it himself. And we'll, we'll go through that as we go through the next chapters. So keeping all this in mind, join us next time as we go into chapter 28 and see where this story is heading. So join us next time for another episode of From the Beginning here on Heavenward Thinking.